What a joy and privilege it is to be in the Lord's house this morning. I love Sundays. It's a fulfillment of all my prayers and work throughout the week. And not only my work, but the work of others, from the worship people to other people getting bulletins ready, to people studying Sunday school lessons, to Brother Roy and David up there getting things ready for Sunday. And then it all comes together throughout the week. So what a joy it is to see this fulfillment today. As we continue in our Christmas series, the full picture of Christmas, and today we look at Joseph's obedience. He did all that the Lord commanded him. And I will, if you are physically able, I will ask you to stand with me as we read from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 24. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ, or that actually in the Greek can mean the genesis of Jesus Christ, meaning God in the flesh, the one who created all by speaking, is now being born, coming into the flesh and dwelling among us. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, Yeshua. The Greek form of the Hebrew word Joshua, meaning Jehovah saves, the Lord saves. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. May God bless the reading of His Holy Word today, and you may be seated. Beloved, all throughout the Bible, and even in Christian history, we see God disrupting planned lives to bring them in and make them a part of His redemptive plan, a plan with greater and eternal purpose. Joseph had his life disrupted by this gospel agenda. Life was good. He was betrothed to Mary. All was well. But his life was disrupted by God's plan. And Joseph's obedience was used to open the door more widely as Christ walks through into human history to save His people from their sins. You know what I've prayed for some this week, prayed for many things, but I've prayed that our plans would be disrupted today. And that we would be used by God for the great and eternal salvific plan. Oh, that we might also today be supplied with the faith to be obedient to the call for Christ like Joseph was. Let's pray. Father, I ask for your Holy Spirit 
today to use my mind and my tongue as a great hammer to swing against the dams in our heart, that they will break them open, allowing the stagnant and foul waters to empty, that you may then fill our hearts with your living waters that flow from heaven's throne. I ask this, Lord, for Christ's sake and by your power, Lord Jesus, and not of mine, let it be, Lord Jesus, let it be. Amen. The obedience of Joseph. Joseph did what the Lord commanded him. I heard of the application from D.L. Moody to give a picture of this, and he talked about how when you're walking towards the sun, the shadow is where? It's behind you. But when you're walking away from the sun, you're walking in the darkness of your very own shadow. And he spoke of that in our relation to Jesus Christ when we are walking toward the Son of God Jesus Christ. The darkness is behind us. But when we are walking away from the will and the plan of Jesus Christ, we're walking in our very own darkness. Notice our very own darkness. Our own shadow. And so we see this in Joseph's life today. His life was disrupted with the gospel agenda. And that's what we see first, that Joseph's life came to a very distressing point. We see Joseph's distress. In verse 18, again, it, it says that Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. They were engaged. But before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you think about that, but how disturbing that was to Joseph to, found, to find out that Mary was expecting a child. How heart-wrenching that was to Joseph. How disturbing that was to Joseph. How that turned his life into a great distress. And I want to say this today to you. God's way has uncertainties. God's way has uncertainties. God's way also brings in heartbreak at times. God's way. God did this. God came to Mary. God came to a couple that were betrothed. God chose them. God sent the Holy Spirit upon Mary. God did this. Even in God's way at times, there are heartbreak. There is heartbreak. There are heartaches. There are uncertainties in our life. And that's why, beloved, we walk by faith and not by sight. In God's way at times is much distress. Do not forget this. Many times, beloved, if you're a child of God, when God is allowing distress in your life, keep looking up and more intently than ever, seek the Lord Jesus because He's got something bigger than your personal plan on the horizon for your life. He's getting ready to bring you into the eternal, salvific, redemptive plan of God to save men from the sins, to save men from hell to bring them into the kingdom and to be a part of ushering in the kingdom yourself. 
But when God does this, it is disruptive to our life. Because we have plans, don't we? Don't we have plans? You ask children today, we, we ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? How many of them say, I, I want to play professional football, or I want to play in the NBA basketball, I want to play Major League Baseball? On and on. Now, we know most of those children, the great, great percentage of those children will never play professional basketball. They'll have their plans disrupted. You, some of you here today, have had your plans disruptive. You've had a loved one taken from you. You've had a job that is dissolved before your eyes. Your health has been taken from you. My beloved, look up. God's not done with your life. He's just disrupted it. He's still using you as a part of the great gospel agenda of Jesus Christ. But there will be heartache even in God's way because it is contrary to our flesh. We see Joseph's distress, but we also see Joseph's decision. You see, the Scriptures tell us in verse 19 that Joseph was a just man. He loved Mary. And not only that, he didn't have a mean, evil, vindictive side. They said, turn her over to the authority. She's been unfaithful. I want her stoned by the law of Moses. Instead, he wanted to put her away quietly. He resolved to divorce her quietly, it says in verse 19. He wanted to protect her. He had another plan. He had a decision to make. And our plans, even with careful thought and good intentions, are not always God's plan. See, in common sense, if you and I were in that situation, and we knew there was a baby on the way, and we weren't even fully married yet, and we knew the baby wasn't ours, our plan, we'd be thinking of plans too, even if it wasn't to destroy or to hurt that person. But we would have plans to leave. Most likely, according to the situation. But we would have our plans too. Even if they were with good intentions, we would have decisions to make. But our plans, even with careful thought, even with much thought, even with asking others what their thoughts are toward our decisions, are not always God's plans. But Joseph was going to put Mary away quietly. He was going to get rid of this. He was going to dissolve this marriage, this betrothal. But he was going to do it in a way that would not hurt Mary any more than it would have to. So we see Joseph's distress. We also see Joseph's decision that he was going to make upon his own. But then we see God interrupt again. And we see Joseph's dream. 20 through 23, it says, But as he considered these things, God sent an angel. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. Now, I want to say something here. In that original Greek text, the word take, and those words together, take Mary as your wife, means more than just standing before the pastor and answering the questions or the justice of the peace and saying, I do and I will. That Greek wording means so much more than just 
I do or I will. It means to take Mary. Do not be afraid to take Mary by your side. Beloved, I want to tell you, marriage is an adventure, amen? <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart, amen? Matter of fact, Paul said, if you can stand it, be like me and not be married. But most of us can't stand it. But it is difficult. But it would be much better if we would take this thought of what the angel told to Joseph. Don't just take a wife. Take Mary by your side. Men, take your wife by your side and walk with her side by side. Women, walk side by side through life with your man. Do not be afraid to take Mary to your side and walk with her in this. This wasn't just about, Joseph, we need you uh, to, be, to, to submit to God's plan. We need you uh, to take care of the bills. No, that's not what the angel said in the original language. Don't be afraid to take Mary by your side and walk with her through this. This is God's plan. Bigger than anything you've ever dreamed. Because she's going to bear a son. And you'll call his name Jesus. There were many children named Jesus because a lot of all, all the Hebrew people were looking for the Messiah. This was a common name. Again, it came from the root of the Hebrew name Joshua. Yeshua. Jehovah saves. All the Hebrew people were looking for the Messiah. And so many named their children Jesus, hoping their child might be the Messiah. There were many Jesuses walking around in that day, but there was only one Jesus that was the Son of God, the Christ. And it was born of the Virgin Mary, cared and loved for by Mary and Joseph together side by side. She will bear a son, you'll call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. We've seen Joseph's distress, Joseph's decision, and then we see Joseph's dream sent and delivered by an angel, a messenger of God, to tell Joseph not to be afraid of these uncertainties, of these distressing times in his life, that the Lord would be with him. And not only the Lord would be with him, but the Lord would come through them, and he would play a vital part in that plan. Beloved, we also see Joseph's dutifulness Again in verse 24, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. He brought her to his side. And he did not defile her in any way until she gave birth to Jesus Christ. And then they came together intimately. And they called his name Jesus as the angel of the Lord had commanded. Yeshua. Jehovah saves. Emmanuel, God is now with us in the flesh. 
He did as the Lord commanded him. We see Joseph's dutifulness. This was uncomfortable to him in the flesh. Walking by faith is uncomfortable to the flesh. If it's not, we're not walking by faith. This was uncomfortable obedience of faith. But walking in faith is quite simply, beloved, doing our duty. Let me say that again, and I want that to sink in. Don't think that's just a verse or a sentence to pass over. Walking in faith is just doing our duty. Isn't it? It's just doing our duty as citizens of the kingdom of God. Beloved, if if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when He puts His plans before you and you're obedient to the plan of God, you're just doing your duty. You're doing your part. You're playing your role. We're doing our part as citizens of the kingdom. We're ushering in the return of Christ as Joseph was used as a part of the plan to usher in the Christ in the first time, we're used as a part of the redemptive plan in ushering in the return of Jesus Christ. We're just doing our part. We're doing our duty each day, living by faith according to God's plans and not ours. And even when it is uncomfortable, and it will be, even when we do come into points of distress and God changes our plans, Fear not, God is with you, my beloved. He will bring beautiful things from your pain if we will just trust Him and do our duty. It's just our duty. It's just our duty. Some people get so wound up. You know, I, and again, please don't crucify me here. But... but I heard so much excitement and pictures bought and books bought about a little boy that said he went to heaven. Oh, pastor, you got to hear this phenomenal story. Heaven is for real. I already knew heaven is for real. The Bible told me. And so so many people got so wound up about that movie and about that book. Uh, You know what excites me even more than a little boy's vision? Whether he did or didn't, is people doing their duty week after week after week after week. See, to me, that's more phenomenal. I already knew about heaven. I can read about it every day. And God, through the Holy Spirit, will open my eyes through the Word of God to what He wishes for me to see. But what excites me even more is those doing their duty each week by faith. You see, to me, that's more marvelous. Those giving through money, those giving of their time, those giving of their talents, those continuing to walk by faith even in situations that are distressing to their physical life. Even when their plans have been changed, they keep coming through those doors and feeding on the Word of God and teaching others and loving others. You see, that is, that is just as magnificent and really even more to me. People doing their duty by faith each week of their life, each day of their life. Being obedient to the call of God. That's more magnificent to me than anything. 
I'm going to hurt some more of your feelings. I might even watch that movie and don't want to watch it. I'd rather see you do your duty. That encourages me more. You see, Jesus came not just to save us, but also for us to become agents in the plan of Christ to also save others throughout the world. Again, let me read a quote from Lottie Moon. I want you to zone in real tight here as we begin to come to a close today. And as I lead into this, I want to remind you, you weren't just saved to sit and say you're saved. Lottie Moon said this while on the field in China in the late 1800s as a single woman. Should we not press it home upon our consciences that the sole object of our conversion was not the salvation of our own souls, but that we might become co-workers with our Lord and master in the conversion of the world? You were saved for this purpose. As Joseph knew God and was brought into the redemptive plan and to the bringing in of God in the flesh and caring for this child, the Messiah, and raising Him and protecting Him and loving Him and taking Mary by His side, He was doing His duty in bringing the Messiah into the world. Beloved, it's the same with us. Even though Christ has went to the cross, has been buried, has resurrected, is at the right hand of God now, hearing our prayers, awaiting for the command of the Lord to say, Son, go get our children and bring them home. Let's usher in the kingdom. And so we are like Joseph, just doing our part, doing our duty, playing our role to ushering in the second coming of Jesus Christ.